0: Eric is the co-founder of SetGK Gloves and also a current academy goalkeeping coach for the Houston Dynamo. In this episode, we talk about Eric's upbringing, his past, his career choices, and how he got to where he's at today. Enjoy. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Myself here with Christian, we're, we're ready to, to hear about your story. So um, first thing, if you don't mind introducing you, yourself as the great co-founder of SetGK and uh, Houston Dynamo goalkeeper coach. So Eric, welcome
1: thanks jesse thanks thanks buzz i really appreciate you guys having me on looking forward to seeing how this uh how this podcast can grow yeah i forgot
2: yeah,
1: i didn't know that
0: um i don't know christian that well yet so i didn't know if we were on the buzz nickname basis so christian so I'll, I'll start oh, calling, no, I'll start no, calling no. you buzz
2: but um it, it goes back and forth some people call me buzz some people call me christian i respond to like anything under the sun at this point <laughs> interesting
0: all right good to know but um so talking about nicknames let's eric let's talk about the ek legend that you are and um just give us your little bit of background before how you got started into coaching and as your playing career wrapped up were you searching kind of what
1: to do or did you always know coaching was was the route for you yeah i think first off for the nickname basis like no one ever calls me ek until stan anderson started calling me ek and now everyone calls me ek
0: well the one instagram you had was ek soccer training and i Me personally, I'm a big nickname guy, so I was like, you know, I figured. So when you, I thought, I thought
1: EK would be a thing, but anyway, that's fair. Uh, No. (laughs) Um, Okay, so yeah, no, I think, um, I think as my playing career started to wind down, it was definitely, you know, what I wanted to do. I wanted to get into coaching, and I think um, it was, it was almost like I was pushing for it at a certain period of time. It's like I was playing, I was playing, and I felt like it was a struggle to to really progress as a player, and I felt. Much more purposeful um, during the times that I was coaching, whether it was like privates or or whatever it was, um, than when I was playing, unfortunately. And and I really, really, really crave kind of progress in my life and and moving forward as as best I can, as methodically as I can. Um, and you know, as I went on loan to Tacoma, um, and you know, there was a whole bunch of COVID stuff that was involved in it, and you know, the limitations with that. Um, it felt more and more right uh, to move on and, and try and find a coaching coaching gig so when USF kind of popped up I knew that it would be uh, the right foundation for me moving forward and and I jumped at it and I, and I ran with it as fast as I could and I think that kind of willingness I'm, I'm like big on like motivational speaking and, and all that and like Eric Thomas is like um, you know sacrifice what you are for who you want to be kind of thing and um and and I was like, okay, if this is what I want to do, like I'm I'm gonna run at it as fast as I can, and and I think making that decision um, really put me in a position now uh, to be able to take the job that I'm in now with Houston.
2: So how did how did USF come about? Because I know last time I saw you, we you were working your way through the masters. Yeah, um, still doing you know, that. Back yeah. and forth, run <laughs> out to Roma. And, yeah. And then, you know, then you ended up doing private trainings with Jamie yep, and yep, yep. while you were back home trying to figure out your next step. So how did USF? Yeah, so out?
1: the last time I saw you was at Rail Central Jersey tryouts, right?
2: Yeah, sometime in and around yeah. that time. Okay,
1: so when I got out of one of the Rail Central Jersey tryouts, I got into yeah. my car and checked my email, and there was like an NCAA market update and it said volunteer goalkeeper coach at USF. And I called my goalkeeper coach from TFC two Immediately, okay. (laughs) um, Because he used to be the goalkeeper coach for the head coach at USF, Bob Butthorn, while he was at FGCU, and I said, "Okay, Phil, do you know this guy? Like, can you help me get this job?" And he's like, "Do you want this?" And I'm like, "I really, really want this." And then it was more or less like, "Balls to the walls, let's go." Phil reached out to Bob, and then I had like three interviews um, with you know the various members of the coaching staff. And then I can remember probably like a week or two later, Bob calling me as I was probably driving back from a private session, um, and saying like, "Yeah, let, let's do it. When can you be here?" And I was like, "I'll see you in the morning." Like, <laughs> you know, I'll pack the car. I'm I'm in the car. I was I was talking to to Jason at Houston the other day. I was like, "How many people are really just willing to to get in the car and and make whatever they want to do happen?" You know what I mean? It's like that's such an undervalued thing. is just like the willingness. To just go, to just go, figure it out, and bet on yourself, and and make it happen, and um, that's that's what I did. Hey, but but not but not even
0: that like willingness. It's like well, it's the willingness too, but it's like also in the back of your mind, it's saying it's like okay, if I fail, that's okay. Then at least I can say I did it, you know. And I think still people like are a little bit scared to take that that next step and 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 kind of betting on themselves. Did you have any? Like you called your TFC two coach, but did you have any, anybody else that you talked to before taking the job, like any other previous coaches and kind of what to expect? Because even though you played at a very high level, you're a very high quality goalkeeper and obviously high quality coach, but that first year coaching, you know, what were some of the challenges that you, that you ended up facing from, from just like stepping away from as a player?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you. It really takes a bit of time. I think it takes much more time than people think to get your your coaching voice and and yeah. and get your feet under you as a coach. You know, I think people think it's going to be this seamless transition at times, or or maybe players think it's going to be this seamless transition, but but it's really not. And it does and it does take a significant amount of time to to get your feet under you, get a real idea about how you want to develop goalkeepers and all and all that kind of stuff. So you know, to say that my feet are completely under me and and I feel like my you know that my philosophy is is hard set and all that like no that doesn't exist like i'm i'm ever evolving like you know for this past month or two it's been an incredible education for me working under jason um but no i i talked to as many people as i could constantly that that wasn't something that that i did um you know once i decided that i was retiring you know i think i've had conversations with both of you guys like I, you know it's, it would be impossible for me to count how many conversations i've had about you know, life yeah. and coaching and, and football and, and all of it. You know what I mean? And that's just something that I do, right? Like, that's just something um, that, that I always do to try and progress. I think there's so much value in people. I think that, you know, that gets back to, back to the brand in general, right? Like, our mm-hmm. power is in our people. Um, and, and that's kind of how I've lived um, in terms of me just like trying to get smarter, trying to get better. Um, collaboration, I think, is the key. And that's, that's really what's helped. Um, you know, expedite the process of me getting my feet under me as a coach. Um, to the second part of your question, challenges, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges I had was I really, really tried to work off of, um, you know, players don't care where you know until they know that you care, right? right? So I went in there, I went into USF, was like, they gotta know I care, they gotta know I care. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was I got too close, right? It was, it, at, a, at a period of time, you know, for 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 one or two of them, it was fine. Um, and for one of them, it was challenging for me to be the guy that, that cared and really open up with them. Um, but also at the same time, be able to coach them in ways that, you know, hard decisions need to be made without them taking it personally, more or less. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, moving, yeah, moving into the next, next season, right. That was my spring moving into the fall. It was like, okay, I'm going to start, start further away from them. And then I'll move closer as I understand more about their maturity level and, you know, our relationship between each other. So that was a that was a main learning process that I don't think many people think about um, when they're transitioning from playing to coaching or certainly I didn't.
2: Yeah, I think another thing people don't realize that you did that that's really important is number one, that you went out and you. Like you were saying you're trying to find your coaching voice you did that through um was it florida premiere as well like yeah you, you went out there you're looking for other ways to just you know enhance your ability doing that and you know that led into the director of goalkeeping there i believe mm-hmm. and then yeah. you know, that, that transitions into learning how to deal with players at different age groups and different levels and then you go back into usf and it carries over and then the other thing is the video side of it i mean As a player, still, I I understand how important having the video is the analysis of it. And I think that's something that, you know, when I was following what you were doing, especially on the coaching side, there's always a new video up there. But it's broken down for the goalkeepers at least to just take a look. And I'm sure that that applied to the USF guys. And that helps them, even if it's, you know, they're not necessarily at the level they want to be or at the level they're, they're looking at right at that point, they know what they need to do to improve, which is important. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think that's something that we, we harp on at Houston a lot is is that video contact time is so, so important, right? Like, you know, kids will learn much faster if the level of feedback is more specific and it's just quicker, right, that, yeah. that immediate response. So, you know, how many times can we give them really productive feedback in a week? How many times can we get them in front of, you know, a video and say, okay, it's this, it's not this, it's this and not this. Right, and then you go on the field and execute. And the more you can do it, right, the better understanding they have. And you know, there's limitations with, with college with regard to how much time you can have them. And you know, that was yeah. that was one of my big uh, motivators for for finding this next step was I really, really wanted to de- to develop as a coach as fast as I could, as, as as thoughtfully as I could. Right, um, and you know, we got to we got to November, um, my first fall with USF. And, you know, se- season's over and I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, when do I get to go back in the grass? Like, I'm, you know, and uh, and that just really wasn't I don't think that was, um, you know, what I wanted at the time. It's not what I want right, right now. Right. And and here, I think not only is it a, a very good environment for me to be coaching in in general, well, there's just more time in the grass, right? There's more, there's right. more time in the grass, there's yeah. more opportunity for me to experiment for me to evolve. And I think, uh, from a coach development side of things, um, you know, this is a bit of fantastic
2: step for me. Where do you think so what? Does- Go ahead, Christian. Buzz. So, so what does a normal day look like for you at Houston now?
1: Um, so we have with the 17s, we have training at 10am every morning. Uh, I generally will get into the office like 7 or 7.30 in the morning, um, you know, preparing pre-training presentations, um, doing IDPs, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff that, that, that's on the list. Um, so we'll generally train from like 10 to 12-ish, something like that. And then on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, that's what happens in, in the morning. On Tuesdays and Thursdays for me, I work from... 530 to 730 with the formation phase so that's our 13 14s and 15s um, and then we have a part-time goalkeeper coach that does the other nights uh, in the academy um, and Sorry. at the same time the second team is going in the morning as, as the as the 17s the, the second team first team they all go at the same time um, so it allows player movement to happen a little bit more easily so uh, depending on those numbers Jason and I will combine at times um, depending on where we are in the week sometimes we'll separate uh, and that kind of thing. So that's that's generally a, what a what a day looks like for me.
0: Where do you what do you think your, mention development as a mm-hmm. coach? Where do you think, short time as a coach, you've developed from that first spring at USF to to now in terms of, whether it's IDPs, relate really, uh, you know that relationship with players, showing them that you care, or just mm-hmm. even training philosophy itself, just on the field stuff. Where where is that development? Oh my God. It's like, it's everywhere. Right. It's like, there's, there's,
1: there's not, there's not one area where I'm like, you know, this is, this is it. Um, I think, you know, like you said, IDPs has gotten much more specific, um, you know, which have been, which has been really good, um, on the field, like my, my intervention times, like when I'm intervening, how I'm intervening, how specific Mm -hmm. am I, um, you know, where I'm positioning myself in the field, um, am I involved in the actions or not, right? Do I have the ability to, to observe at times? Um, I think more than anything, and I think we all feel this um, at, at times when we're having really good sessions, is can we get the session into the flow, right? Can mm-hmm. we get it into the flow and can yeah. things start to happen naturally, right? And I think um, getting into the flow and getting productive actions of what we're trying to accomplish is actually a little bit more challenging than, than people think. Right? Like you can go from point A, point B, or it's like, okay, okay, Buzz, you can go, you're gonna go here, then you're gonna go here, yeah. then you're gonna go there, right? And then, yeah. and then we're stopped and, and then we go again. Um, Start, Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and at times it makes sense. Um, and at other times it doesn't really get you to, to the live actions. And another thing that I've, that I've actually um, am starting to develop more is like my 17 sessions and my formation phase sessions are mm-hmm. miles different right? Yeah. Because there's a, a whole different type of learning that's going on from the 13s, 14s and 15s. And, and, and it's interesting, right? Because they need to start probably a little bit slower in terms of um, a little bit more information on how to operate within whatever, whatever topic. And then in order for it to create real investment, what I'm what I'm finding is like, it needs to get live, they need to be in the flow. And what I mean by live, it's like, my last part of most of my sessions with the formation phase, it's and it's an ongoing game right so we're we're making games that are that that are constraint-led that are contingent on different types of um, spaces that the ball needs to come from different types of passes that need to be played to create you know maybe a cutback situation maybe a crossing situation maybe more 1v1s whatever it is but now when we have the game now we're starting to get the players into the flow now we're starting to get them into you know maybe a real kind of stressful environment of what they might experience in the game and their decisions start to become a little bit natural. So more natural, um, rather than, you know, yes. go here and then make this decision. And that it's like, there's that piece, but then also that, that inter uh, competition where I'm putting, you know, the best 07 against the best 07 and I'm putting them on teams and it's like, okay, now we have this topic. Um, and there's a game, just go play the game, go win the game you know what i mean and and it's yeah, and it's yeah. contingent on you know whatever the topic is and i think that that doesn't happen as much as you go higher up right um and and that's based on based on numbers it's based on based on need based on the age group and and who the goalkeepers are formation phase though like wow you can be you can be so creative and and it's such a really interesting age band to work with i think
2: yeah i think people don't realize just like from you know let's say 13 to 15 how much you really have to learn like technique wise that's that's the years where you're just learning it i mean i started goalkeeping between 11 and 12 and from 11 to 15 that's all i did i just i was learning technique um eric you know i'm paul blodgett is just he was the guy that i learned for sure technique it's just it's a bit more old school but you know you just learn the technique and then from 16 to 18 ish all I wanted to do was just go live. Like, I just wanted to play. I wanted to get into situations. Yeah. And then you start realizing as you get on from there that I want to go live, but I also have to learn now, you know, the tactical side of the game. So then from, you know, about 18 to where I am now, like it's learning the tactical side of the game, like where I'm positioned, like why I'm going to be higher, where my depth is on a certain play. And, sure. and then sure. that, you know, combines into to game time. And I think that's something people don't realize It's just as a goalkeeper, it's, Training is one thing that's great, but you really need to be putting yourself in those situations and playing games.
1: Yeah. And that's, and
2: that's, I think you're, you seem to be giving people a lot of what, regardless of what level it's at, it's just about getting in those moments.
1: For sure. And to, to your point about like, okay, we got to teach the the technical and then the tactical. Like I still, I'm not really sure how I feel about like, okay, at this stage it's, it's technical based. And at this stage it's, it's tactical based, like. I think it's a blend of both. I think the scale tips a little bit, you know, based on the goalkeeper, based on the age group, moderately. Um, But, like, a lot of that, you know, maybe slower teaching at the beginning of, you know, maybe a formation phase session. I think it's to get them to understand, okay, maybe the whole thing, yeah, there's a a lot of – technique involved, sure to give them a foundation. But there's a lot of just, okay, when do we take ground? When do we take ground? When do we when do we drop back? And then what are the decisions within that? And, and I think getting them to toy with kind of those ideas is is massive at a young age. What's been what's been your favorite memory so far in your short time at Houston? My favorite memory so far, or or favorite Uh, moment, I guess. Favorite moment. I mean, I I don't know if I have a, a favorite moment. Oh, yeah, actually, that's that was a big <laughs> one. Um, John, actually, our 17s goalkeeper saved a, a PK in Chicago this past weekend. That was that was awesome. But you know, in 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 uh, in GA Cup, there's so many PK moments. So yeah, um, you know, yeah. it goes to, it goes to PKs basically. Um, Justin, uh, our other 17s goalkeeper had a massive game against uh, Barca FC, where we won in PKs in the Maryland um, Flex event a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah um was was big time during the game and um you know made made a couple pk saves to to win us the game which was awesome um let me think we we qualified for um the knockout stages of ga cup with the 17s off of a unbelievable volley goal from our number six in the 17s and it was it was pandemonium our uh, yeah. everybody was going nuts um, yeah. so that those are those are some really good really good um, memories so far have you seen
0: any progress in
1: the goalkeepers that you've been working with so far yeah and like have, yeah, have they
0: felt sure. it kind of like the the work paying off and you know what what yeah, does that, yeah, what no, does that feel think, like for
1: you I think a hundred percent I think uh, from our, our 17s down to our formation phase like it's you know there's there's been growth all over the place um and you know growth doesn't necessarily mean like everybody's going like this you know at times yeah there's a little downturn to to turn back up but um you know it's it's been it's been good it's been really good work um and and i think it's um you know it's been a productive time a really a learning environment for me to be in that that um has been good so for sure
0: Last question I'll ask, and I'm very curious about this. When you leave, if you leave Houston Dynamo, you know, and even after leaving USF, what, what's that? What's that legacy that you want to leave for all the all the young adults that you've worked with, and that you'll continue to work with?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think I try to leave not not necessarily a legacy, but like a. a a thought process like it, yeah. energy. I think, you know, I, I do operate off the, you know, players don't know you care to, until, um, or they don't care what you know until they know that you yeah, care yeah. kind of thing, right? So more than anything, like I want I want all of them to, to leave, you know, like I try to think back to like very specific coaching points from my goalkeeper coaches when I was yeah. 12, 13 years old. Like I can't remember many of them, you know right, what I mean? I, right. I really can't, but I can remember how they treated me. You know, and and that's really at the forefront of, of my, you know, thought processes. So, um, I want, I want everybody when, when they leave me, whenever that is, when they move on and, you know, sign professionally or go to college or whatever it is, I want them to know that, you know, whatever is going on in their life, that in their lives, that I'll, I'll be there to, to help them through it if they need me to be. And, um, that's, that's probably the the biggest thing that I want each of my players to know. Hey, and it goes for all the said GK goalkeepers and coaches it does. as well. It 100%
0: so. does. <laughs> all right, Eric, I appreciate you joining us. Um, of course. And we'll be, we'll be in touch. Just, hey, side note for everybody this might be our first, knock on wood, our first recorded yeah. podcast that, that yeah, ends this up getting is uploaded. <laughs> this is <our> first recorded <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All right,
1: Jesse. Right. Thanks, brother.